I just get Travis, and people are like, you must be a dude. I'm like, yeah. or that's my yeah. last name, and it has no bearing on who I am as Right? Mine's, I just get Brian a lot, or just sir yeah. in general, like generic sir. I'm like, oh, okay. not a Brian. Welcome to Depth and Distance Leadership Challenge, where we are breaking down this week's skill of task decomposition, which is how do you take really vague or really big tasks and actually think about the steps to make them happen. Where do you start? And the analogy that I used this week was like, it's a puzzle. You need to look for the corners and the edges, right? You need to find the big categories of tasks and then think about where do you start inside of that so that you can understand both the full scope of what you need to do and how you're going to get there. I'm really excited about this guest. She has been my friend forever. Definitely one of the people who made me the officer that I am today. She's prior enlisted. She has great perspectives because she has served surface, air, sub, expeditionary, and is beloved everywhere she goes. We have a great conversation and I hope you enjoy. For this leadership challenge, I brought in my friend and mentor in all things, both personal and professional, Lieutenant Commander Platukas. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Well, do we want to start with where we met? Go for it. Okay. I was well, the we... know-it-all in class. That's what oh, I remember. Oh, you were. We met at Supply Corps School, and you sat in the front and raised your hand all the time. Like we were in high school and you wanted to answer all the questions. And I sat in the back just chilling. Anyway, yeah. I'm from the beginning. So I enlisted actually in 2006. I was a AZ, so Aviation and Maintenance Administration man. Did that for a couple of years. I already had my degrees when I joined. So I got picked up for OCS pretty quick and became a subo. So from there it was USS Boone. So I did a frigate. I did Back a submarine. Back a thing. Back, yeah, thank you for that. Oh, hashtag old. I did a submarine, and then I just came off of a CB battalion tour, S4. I guess shore tours, DCMA, so contracting, DLA, war college. So I've been around. We'll just put it there. Now Take I'm care. at Redcom Great Lakes. Yeah, doing, like, reserve stuff, but you're... What is it called now? Tar? Tar. What is what is tar? Okay. Uh tar is training and administration of the reserves. So oh. I was a regular 3100 um for 13 years? No. 11 years, something like that. Please don't make me count. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I was a regular 3100 for a majority of my subo career while I was at the War College. I decided to convert to what was called FTS at the time, um, full time support. support. Mm-hmm. And we used to be called TAR, then we went FTS, now we're TAR again. Anyway, whatever. But basically, we are an in between, right? So we are active duty 100% of the time. Uh, the only thing that changed when I became TAR officer is I became, went from a 3100 to a 3107. And then my jobs are different. Right. So yeah. heavy on reserve management. Currently, I'm at the Redcom in Great Lakes, which is essentially the regional reserve center. So we own or have purview over the reserve centers from Wisconsin, Illinois, over to 
Pennsylvania and down to like West Virginia and Kentucky. So all the reserve centers that are in there, we handle their, I handle their logistics with my team. Leadership challenge. Yep. Task decomposition. And I've already realized I have a typo in this, but we're just gonna, we're gonna go with it. You're on a military base that has seen a recent influx of new personnel and the surrounding area has seen civilian growth too. You work on the commanding officer's staff, and she initiates a new community outreach program to foster good relationships between the base and local community. The program will consist of events and initiatives to improve mutual understanding, support, and collaboration between the military personnel and the local residents. Your CO calls you into her office. For our meeting next week, please tell me what tasks will go into hosting a launch event for this summer. Nothing too formal, just your initial thoughts. We can plan the actual projects and other events later. But I want to see if we can start this with a big splash, she says. I'd like to open the base, host food trucks and entertainment, and bring out some fun equipment to make it fun for civilians to enjoy our efforts. Additionally, we should highlight our plans to provide educational opportunities to the community, conduct community service projects, and host other social events. When you leave, you send an email out to other staff members, and they suggest you consider the following. Base security concerns with an open base day. What personnel would staff such an event? What the other budget and resources available to the event would be? Advertising and communicating with the community about the event. Defining metrics for success, food, water, medical, bathroom facilities, and day of coordination. And risk assessment and mitigation. What other information do you need to create a solid plan and what tasks can you brain dump and organize into piles if you're feeling ambitious before giving the informational brief to the CEO? All right, let's do it. You've been randomly Randomly selected for this job. (laughs) You were there when the idea came up. So you've been selected to plan this. And we were just talking the other day. You've never had to plan like an MWR, like com relevant, right? No, I have, I have not, because I have either uh, avoided it. <laughs> yeah, no, I just busy as a suppo. I think I've done smaller things like yeah, reception events on like yeah, small boy flight deck. I've done stuff like that, but this is a much larger event, so I have never done anything base wide for a base CO like this. So yeah, it uh, should be fun. We will brainstorm and we will talk about some ideas. And uh, I'm sure there are other people out there who would like to comment on, hey, I would add this, I would add that. I wouldn't do what you said there. But I know. I'm sure we're going to like totally miss something, but it'll be fine. Right? It'll we're not fine. party planners. Despite what people think about suppos, we are not, in fact, Mm-mm. professional party planners. No. Some people are really good at it. Like, I can think off the top of my head, at least two really amazing second classes who could knock something like this out. So this and is I, not rank specific at all. I like some people know. are just really good at these type of things. Yeah. And I feel like it always gets tasked to someone who's at best kind of kind of middling at this. That's how I always feel. People send me this stuff and I'm like, I cannot plan this for you. I could barely yeah. plan my own wedding. <laughs> Well, they want to go down the ring chain, if you will. They'll be like, yeah. okay, we're going to put an officer in charge. They're going to have a chief and then some people to like put this together. But as the O, you end up having to like put all the ideas together and then walk into the CO and do the brief and be like, here's yeah. all the ideas we came up with. And it's always a we, right. not an I, right? Because if you try and sit Amen. down and just plan this yourself, like you will fail miserably. Amen. Uh, yeah. So yeah, but I would 
absolutely, yeah, off the top of my head, I can think of some people who are definitely better at this than I am. So, yeah. All right. I'm ready to Let's go. Let's do it. Okay. So, first, we're going to brainstorm either people or tasks that need to be involved. So, like, people, surely you need, you need a chief. You need to query your people if you have anyone who's like super into event planning, because maybe you have someone who just like this is their gig and you can bring them on board early. True. And then uh, kind of just like what I said, I was like, you can yeah. usually think off the top of your head, your initial slingshot reaction for, hey, this is what we have to do. Your brain automatically automatically starts working on who yeah. you want to be with you to do this. So yeah, absolutely. And then what are all of the tasks that go into this? Like if we're breaking down post a comrade day into tasks. Oh my gosh, there's so many things that go into this. It's going to take us forever. I know, right? This is an interesting one though, because it's not, it's not really a comrade. It's not like you're going out and doing something for somebody else. You're about to host an event to invite people so that you can tell them, we plan to do events in projects out in the community in the future yeah and show them right because like we've both been on a base that does this like once a year where they invite people on to base to be like as the community please don't hate us come visit us come come see what we're about right not just what we do but what we can do and that we are also a part of your community right yeah integrating your the military in with the community is a big part of this so that you are part of the community and not the other yeah well like even though obviously a lot of times military personnel move into a community as adults already we are part of the like we buy houses we shop there if there's a festival or a music thing like we do all of that there mm-hmm. we provide jobs their schools they participate in their sports we are you, ingrained and we and we work really hard i think to to ingrain ourselves right so that yeah. especially if you have kids and a family you want your family to feel part of the community as well so getting community yeah. buy in on you being there is kind of important i think and some of the spots like San Diego or Norfolk, where it's like Norfolk, Norfolk, whatever, Norfolk. where Norfolk, <laughs> where it's like, uh, yeah, where it's oh, like you're military, 90... no shit. Like, oh, yeah. right. I feel like those places are easier, but there's, there's, I mean, there's a good number of bases, especially for non-Navy people where we're not quite as concentrated, where mm-hmm. you do have to like thoughtfully integrate. And so I think for me. A lot of this comes down to like, what would interest civilians? Like what would attract them to base? And then how do we do that in a way that kind of impacts our people as as little as possible? Because what you don't want to do is like spin up the whole base and make everybody stand some sort of like watch to do this because then they'll all be miserable and miserable people do not give good ship tours or anything else. I think. Doing something like this is inviting the community to see what it is we do. So you Mm. put people out in front who are going to talk about what they do. Um, Yeah. Because they're also, then they're excited about it, right? They like want to explain, hey, this is my job. This is what I do. This is how I help. This is not just how I serve our country, but this is also how I help our community. Yeah. So let's think about like 
task-wise, if your CEO wants to know, what does it take to make this happen? Like, what are the individual tasks? I, I built a list, but it's like a category, if you will, and then like things to think about within each category. Yeah, so, let's hear it. <laughs> Super fun. So I took the things they wanted to highlight, right? Community education, community service, and other social events. So going down from there, how do you bring those things out? And I was like, well, okay, the mm-hmm. easy answer is booths, right? Like, yeah, you want to set up almost like stations for people, something that says, here is community service things that we want to do or have done in the past, right? Yeah. I mean, most of the time, even if you're on a base, if you're trying to broaden your community outreach, you're not necessarily starting fresh. There's probably mm-hmm. things that go on already. So you kind of want to highlight the things you maybe have done already. Yeah. Uh, but setting things up in booths might be a good idea. Mm-hmm. People can kind of clearly see we do this, we do that, we've done this. Here's yeah. some things we are planning. Like so that was that was my first idea when we just kind of talk about the things they wanted to highlight. Yeah, absolutely. And so for each of those, you're really thinking about like, okay, so we break it down and we say we need a booth that shows we have this capability and we have a booth that shows we do this and we have a booth that shows we do that. And so for every one of those, now you're like, okay, I need a point of contact. I need a display. I need something that's interactive for the community. Come and talk to them. So now you have like kind of subtasks in there where it's like, I need to find this person and then I need to talk to them about what they need to create and bring the that community- to the forefront. Yeah, I think the community service thing was higher in my brain on this one because the different bases I've been to, like when I was up in Washington, up in Everett, small base, but the food service team there used to go out to a homeless shelter once a month and cook, right? Okay. And they would just go out and be like, you know, okay, what do you have available? What are your donations? And they would look at the freezer and the pantry and be like, what can we make from this? And I mean, there's some awesome cooks there and they could just knock yeah. it out and be like, Hey, I got this, this, and this. we can do this. Right. And mm-hmm. that was like really impressive to me. I was just a fresh ensign watching them do that. And I thought that was actually one of my favorite community service things that we've done, but it was also in 2009 after mm-hmm. the recession had kind of hit kind of hard oh, yeah so like yeah we actually saw sailors that had left the navy from the abraham lincoln who had left thinking they were going to get out and go do some stuff and then ended up in the shelters so that was a little rough but it was kind of inspiring to watch the cooks the cs's go out and like provide this like service we're still for them here and just, yeah yeah we still care about you like we're not gone but that was something they did out in the community the CBs down in Gulfport, mm-hmm. like the hurricanes that come through, crop, yeah. tropical storms, stuff like that, cause yeah. a lot of damage. The battalions go out and they will rebuild community things. Like we did a 133 did a big thing with the VFW and was helping yeah. them put together some stuff after a big storm. Mm-hmm. So like things that we have done, I would probably put together a booth that shows what we can do, right? Yeah, what we absolutely. have done in the past. So they kind of see what it is we've already been doing. And I think that also invites a conversation for mm-hmm. people who might be there and be like, hey, I have an idea. Because those ideas can come from the civilian sector, too. They don't have to come from us. We don't that's have to make them up. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say is like, you bring up such a good point, which is like, if you can find a way to leverage an event to be like, not only look at all these capabilities we have, but 
after learning about them, tell us how we can be present for you. Mm-hmm. I think that's a game changer because we talk a lot. I mean, I talk a lot. I don't know about we. I, I talk a you lot know about... I talk a, you know I talk a lot. <laughs> facts. I talk a lot about like the best way to get people on your team is to ask their advice, ask for their help, and offer your help. Like It's not just join my team because you should. It's like, I want to be on your team because I can provide this, or I want to be on your team because I think you can provide this. And if you can set up this event to be like, look, not only do we have, you know, tanks and ships and tea lambs and whatever else, pick your military might thing, but you can be like, look, we have construction people and we have cooks and we have humanitarian aid, people, people capable of all these things. Tell me what your community needs. We want to find a way to do that. I think you not only get support. You not only support them, you get support from them. And that's really how you build relationships is that two-way street. And if you can take that, you know, in the context of the scenario, if you can take that to your CEO and be like, look, I want to showcase these five or six capabilities. I want to showcase building. I want to showcase our electricians. I want to showcase maybe our firefighters. I want to showcase our cooks. What whatever it is, and maybe a couple of past projects where you've done for the Navy, like a lot of beach cleanup kind of stuff or youth engagement, Boy Scout, Girl Scouts, you know, kind of things. I guess it's a just of, the um, Scouts now. A lot of cleanup activities, a lot of repair type things. And obviously me and you, we, our brains go CBs on that one, but like <laughs> it's not specifically a CB thing. Like no. we definitely go out in the community and do other things, painting, you know, just projects right like people need stuff done and sometimes they just need bodies to do it and that can come from any set of navy sailors yeah (laughs) so no matter what kind of base you're on but yeah i agree with being like here are the things we have done tell me what what ideas you guys got but that's part of inviting civilians onto the base to see what we've done and then start the conversation right absolutely and And i think that's a like when we think about tasking then what you're thinking about is you present to the ceo and you say look we're going to highlight these capabilities. I need people to staff these. I need equipment or whatever else. Theoretically, if you're like, okay, we're going to highlight the CSs. So what I need is the CSs to make some kind of food and they, they're they giving it away in samples. And they're like, hey, our people made this. We can cook. We're very well trained, especially in high volume. We would love to work at some sort of community center. So you demonstrate and then offer. And I think there's something like much more effective there. And you do that across multiple disciplines. And when you're presenting that to the CEO, you're like, this isn't just a launch event where we say, look how fancy we are. Mm -hmm. It's look at the skills that we've developed that we're willing to offer. And I think that's much more impactful. Mm -hmm. I would say along with like the displays of what we have done in the past, I did write down Mm -hmm. static displays. Right. So, yeah, and that kind of obviously went CB with that with, you know, like the, the construction equipment, you know, yeah. we have quite a bit of capability, but even if you're not out there using heavy equipment, like we know that we have the people who can do the smaller projects, oh. but that we have the knowledge to help do these things. So, well, and if you're thinking CB or if you're thinking construction equipment, my four year old oh. love Blippy. 
and Blippy <laughs> does all the construction equipment thing. So for an, for an Air Force veteran, he was very pro CB for a long time. I right? feel like I thought the same thing. I like she started watching him before we got to bata- before I got to battalion, and then we showed up, and I saw the EO yard. And for her second birthday, I put her in a Blippy costume, and on the weekend, I took her out to the EO yard, and I just let her walk around. Lost her mind. I think basically anytime you say, like, look, we're going to park a bunch of construction equipment and trucks and stuff out here, bring your kids. If you tell us as parents that we can bring our kids somewhere and they can see things that they've only ever seen on TV, they're excited. That's going to get the community involved to be like, come see a fire truck, come see a a tiver, come see an excavator, come see whatever. Bulldozer. Or like if you're on an airbase, kids love helicopters. (laughs) They do. I mean, adults love helicopters. Adults love helicopters too. But like anytime people can come and like check out the equipment and put eyes on it, they, I don't know, they get excited. And yeah. I didn't get a chance to do that stuff when I was a kid because I didn't live anywhere near the military. Same. Like bases or anything like that. But I've been to these events and I've seen just kids just go gaga over them. Yeah. They just enjoy it so much. And-, and I think, I mean, I think that's like when you're thinking of the tasks, that's part of it is like you bring the adults in because you say like, look, this is what we're offering. And you bring like a whole different segment of adults in by saying like, look, forget what we're offering. We'll show your kids a good time. And while you're here, consider appreciating that we're in your community. <laughs> like, yeah. This is actually a really good segue into your, into advertising. Like oh, letting yeah. the community know that you are mm-hmm. not just there, but that this event is going on specifically. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit deeper into my notes because I obviously I hit some of the bigger, more worrisome items. But we can get back to those because this <laughs> advertising... So social media, obviously, like huge, right? But not yeah. everybody follows the military pages where they're going to put this stuff out. So you kind of have to yeah. go, I would say, go old school. I say you put some flyers up. I say put some stuff at the s- schools, maybe? Like, Ooh, if you get a chance to. Kids is a big deal. But, like, at events where, like, parents might be at, you know? Yeah. Like, and just, hey, there's an event where kids might enjoy it. Kids might want to come see the equipment. Like yep. for the kids, but for the adults to know. But I would might but I would probably go old school and do some flyers and some type of outreach that way. I would also yeah. reach out to community leaders. You can usually find them on social media. Start talking to them because they have wider reach. But I think social media is gonna be a big piece of that to mm-hmm. let people know that this event is even happening and that we're inviting people onto base to come see what we do and have some conversations and just enjoy the day because we'll have some fun stuff too and we'll get to that yeah which a little bit goes like tangentially to one of my other things which is like okay you have to put on your task list how do we get people without ids onto base Ooh, security so I have to work with base security on that because then you can advertise and be like nothing but a driver's license required, valid American ID required or whatever it is you want to say. But you lower that bar and you say like, look, if your kids want to come touch a ship, a tank, whatever, all you need is your driver's license. We're going to let people on and it will be okay. I think that's definitely part of the make it as simple as possible. The simplest that security will allow. Let's put it that way. Yeah. 
but I did put under security, I put not just civilians, but also the vendors. They'll have to be vetted as well. I also added entertainment. Vetted. True live bands, maybe. I don't know. Could be fun. And and there's a split there, right? Because it's like we can do Navy bands or like, you know, like military bands that are designed to do that. You have to contact, you have to arrange it through their whole chain. And you might draw a better civilian crowd if you do something local band. Yeah, you do like some Navy, because I think people are always surprised that we have musicians. Mm -hmm. But then you also do something more local. Something that might draw a crowd if you could. Right. Yeah. That that people have heard of. Yeah. You want to know what section that takes me to? Ooh, yeah. Budget. No. We're We're suppos. Everyone hates the budget. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You definitely need more information from your CEO on how they feel about the budget. Because like, can we bring Noah Khan? Sure. If you have an unlimited budget. Yeah. So under my budget section i actually put so what can we get at no cost right what are the things that we want to do that are not going to cost us any money yeah Um, and then maybe put a list of like here's the things that if we want to do them they will absolutely cost us money yeah and then we have to figure out how to pay for them and if we are willing to pay for them yeah um so that kind of ties into like funding sources. Like what are the options for, for paying for things that we would need to pay for? We're in the military. I feel like we have a lot of ways to get, you know, free things. I'm like, where can we get tables and chairs? We got tables and chairs. MWR has got some yeah. tables and chairs. We can do stuff like that. So, But like those are the small things you do still have to think of is you have to think of like, okay, mm-hmm. we probably need like a place that people can sit down and drink water and eat and like, how do we get them water? How do they sit down? Okay, we need to contact MWR. And that's where a lot of this brainstorming comes in is like, when I'm out doing things like this, sometimes I need to pee. Okay, we need bathrooms. And sometimes I need to sit down and feed my kids a hot dog. So I need a hot dog vendor and a table and chairs. And I think that's where the brainstorming and especially brainstorming from at least a couple of different people who are at like different live stages. Because for me, it's like, I want this thing to close at five. I don't care. But maybe someone else is like, but if you could get a cool musical guest and do like an after hours thing, that would be fun too. Someone who's younger and funner than me. Like you can be funner than you, just so you know. Aww. But younger. Younger and less inhibited by toddlers for sure. I know. I'm I'm just going to no comment on that since you're like a decade younger than me. But but you're almost free. You're almost free of the toddlers. I mean, you're at the preschool stage. She's four. She's in 4K. It's kindergarten <gasps> next year. Yeah, but she's in 4K right now. And she went to the principal's office on the first day of school because <gasps> that is <laughs> that is my youngest. I'm not going to say she gets it from me or anything. But look, as the youngest, I approve. She stands up for talk, herself. We're going to talk story more on that later. <laughs> <laughs> but so it ends up being like you have to pick people from like different life stages. And get opinions because they're going to have like, when should it start? When should it end? What should be there? What's important is all going to be a little bit different. Who's been in the community a while. Some of us, as suppos, we bounce around a lot. But you will find other designators and rates who may have been able to kind of homestead in one place. So they have much more knowledge on what people are into local entertainment that might be available. Um, Yeah. 
what would what would draw people because they've been in the community longer so a couple of things you at you said bathrooms i added medical right huge especially yeah. if you're talking like either summer or winter <laughs> or probably summer bouncy or, houses yeah. are dangerous <laughs> Like, let's bring our corpsmen out and show that they know how to do stitches because right? this place or, is going to be a disaster. Or splints. Hey, every parent out there understands the bouncy house problem. Sure. Good water. Oh, I also about parking. Yeah. Parking's kind of a big deal. That kind a of ties into deal. security. It does because I think, like, we always think about, like, we have parking when we go on to base. But if you're inviting a bunch of civilians, especially. Because I like again, I'm thinking about like Newport when they do this. It's always on the lawn by the officer club, and there's just not a lot of parking there. No, and so you have to think like, are we busing people from somewhere else? Because that saves you having to get a bunch of cars on base if you say, "Hey, park off base, and we're going to bus you." Or then you, need you to set up buses, right? Adds a transportation element to that, and a watch bill because you need people to drive the buses. And so I think that's one of those things that you bring back and you're like, look, there's multiple ways to solve this. I just, I need you to tell me what the priority is, because if you want people to just be able to drive, that's fine, but we're going to eat up a lot of space in parking and we have to assume the risk. This is where risk, you know, mitigation comes into is like, we're going to let a bunch of civilian vehicles on base. Mm -hmm. Or... Do we want to skip that and make it slightly harder for people to come on base with the bus? And now we need more military members staffing that and more military vehicles. And so there's a trade-off there and you need input from, in this case, the CO to yeah. say like, we can do whichever one. I just need to know Right. Which. This is where yeah. you're going to end up putting together your like COAs. <laughs> yeah here here's what i want to do here's what we could do yeah exactly maybe possible but we don't want to really want to do it i know people like to label them co one two three but i'm like this is what we want to do this is what we could do this is what we maybe could do but don't want to do if we have to if you tell (laughs) me if you legitimately order me I maybe yes. could do this. Yeah. I'm not actually going to tell you about it, but if the things <laughs> you tell me delve into that realm, I might tell you that I did kind of have a plan for that. That's like, to me, that's the throwaway koa where it's like, I'm actually not going to tell you this is a possibility unless mm-hmm. you look at everything else I've offered you and you're like, mm. and then I'm like, oh, fine, there's this other thing. Yep. 100%. Yeah. And I think like, when you're your doing two options, like, <laughs> Oh my god, this is gonna sound so horrible. You know, like because you have toddlers, you'd be like, yeah. you can wear this or you can wear this. Those are your two choices. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same thing. Here are your two choices. And then if you're my, and they're like, say, I don't want to wear either wear. one. No, they say they see the thing out of the corner of their eye, and they say, but I want to wear that. And I was like, okay, you can wear that with this one only. Ooh. <laughs> like, yeah, that is. How I feel this like works. I feel like that's exactly how it works. I'm I talk not so sure much. If being in the military has prepared me for parenting, or parenting has prepared me for the military. There's they're a, the same. There. Yeah, there's the. They're the same. There's a lot of like, if I offer this, I have to be prepared to follow to through. Do it. <laughs> yep. And you're like, never mind. It's not worth it. Hold but in like, your back pocket. Exactly, and that's where like. I, even for like task management where I'm like, okay, what is the least I can do to satisfy this? And if I offer anything extra, 
like I have to really be ready to make that sacrifice because somehow they always know that it's more work and that's what that's the one they're gonna pick <laughs> I I try Toddlers. yeah no, I try. <laughs> so I'm the I'm the type right I'm like here's the problem you give me the problem I will bring you the solution yeah and then mm, maybe an alternative depends on if they actually ask for koas or not right mm, do you want like yeah. a legit like Co one two and three or do you want me to come to you with what i'm gonna do and then we can adjust from there yeah which is like when My we're preference. talking amen and when we're talking <laughs> about this like that's something you should be asking is like do you want me to bring you options or you want me to just plan this and then from whatever i plan we'll adjust because mm-hmm. that can save you a lot of time thinking through two three four whole courses of action is complicated versus like i'm going to bring you what i think and my experts you know whether that be chiefs other staff members whatever i'm going to bring you what i think is the best option and then if you have questions comments concerns we'll adjust small pieces from there and certain commanding officers are more comfortable with one version of that versus the other mm-hmm. And I think before you waste a bunch of energy planning, you have to ask, like, what is it that you want here? Do you want just a list of all the things I think are best? Do you want a plan? Do you want multiple plans? What do you want? You can ask the question if, if they're just like, I mean, because the way the way we wrote this tasker was like, bring me an idea, right? Is kind of yeah. how I read it. So I would probably put my team together. I would sit down. I'd gather all the people I know who maybe have experience, who I just think maybe might be smart in this area. Maybe just some smart people who like think outside the box, like way outside the box. Like think about, yeah. you, know, you know who those people are who like think about the things that, oh, good idea, right? So I just bring everybody, put it in together. We'll just start throwing ideas. We'll do all this stuff yeah. that we're doing right now in your pod. We'll put all these ideas together and I will package them all up and I will say, this is what we're going to do. Do, 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 do. And I will roll that up and I will take it to the CO. And then when the CO asks questions, hopefully I have some little, you know, notes written in the back of my book that say, here's my answer to this. Here's my answer to this. Like, here's my other COA. This is our other option. But as the questions come up, like put a plan together. The CO doesn't really, they want to do the thing, but they don't want to be the person to plan the thing. If there's something specific they want, when you come to them with their plan, with your plan, and you say, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And if there's something yeah. specific that they want, you say, okay, I will add it in. If there's questions that they are like, how are we going to do this or this? If you have the answer, you give the answer. If not, I'll find out. And I will tell you how we're going to do it, right? Like, And I, I think the main thing that bridges between the five W's and H and the military is... When you're presenting to a CEO, you have to think like, what is their goal? What is the mission? What is the goal that they have in mind? And so in this instance, and we're going to talk like, this is my whole thing for next week is like how to frame things. But like, that's a big thing is like, if you're talking to a SWO, if you're talking to a surface warfare officer, you tie it into that mission of the ship. And if you're talking to a submarine officer, you tie it into that mission of the ship. And if you're talking to an army artillery officer, you tie it into that thing. And in this case, 
what you're looking at is like, this CEO is concerned about how the influx of military personnel is affecting the community and how the community receives us. So when I present things to her, I need to say, okay, this is how the community is going to perceive it. And this is then how we're going to manage that. And if you can frame both your plan and everything inside of it to say, look, I've considered the community, which is what matters to you. And that's what we're talking about with like the kids, the adults, the civilian entertainment is you're saying you're concerned about the community. I've thought of their perspective. This is what I think. And if you can put all of the tasks into that perspective, I think it becomes a lot easier. So taking that perspective, and then that's where your task decomposition comes in, right? You start breaking it down into the pieces, right? And while I was writing my notes, I I wrote down the, this is the things we want to highlight. But I was like, Uh okay, how do we just get, how do we put together an event? Like, what are the basic things you always need to do? For this one specifically, security is the big one, right? Personnel, who's going to work this event, right? There's, you know, the opportunity to reach out to tenant commands on the base and be like hey do any of your people want to volunteer right second class mess might just show up and be like hey hey, we want to be there you know and like yeah first class chiefs whoever wants to do it but like you throw it out there and see if you can gather some volunteers who are like all right we're we're ready to participate in this already mentioned budget we talked about advertising we went down a few areas like picking the spot where you're going to do this, right? Like, yeah. But you don't have to reinvent the wheel on a lot of this stuff. Most sure. of the time, even if you have just a, a base event, there's usually an area where this stuff typically happens, right? So yeah. like, you don't have to be like, we have to come up with a whole new area because it's a whole new event. No, just where, where do we normally do these things? And so, even if it's not on base, every community has some sort of town square, town center, town whatever. And it's like, you could present to your CO and be like, instead of doing it on base, we can take off all of these security tasks and just transport our people and equipment to this other place where people are more comfortable, they already gather, and we can be present in their community. And again, so, that just go yeah. I'm 100% there. So like, when I first thought about this, I was like, oh, why are we doing it on base? <laughs> like, <laughs> security yeah no i totally yeah the security level taking stuff out into town is actually less than having to bring people on base when you talk about like manpower and time and all those issues if you kind of have to kind of read the co right the part of the idea was to invite them into our world right yeah so like is a hard line the we're having it on base because we want to invite them to us. If you have the yeah. option, yes, I would take it out into town if you could. But that's, that's again, that's a question for the CEO. So when you're putting your stuff together, you take your list of, here are the things that I'm told that I need to do. Here are my questions. Yeah. Like, I never don't have questions. I've Amen. Met, I've met some officers who go and be like, this is what I was told to do. I'm like, but is that enough information? <laughs> so, <laughs> but could you ask for yeah, more? No, yeah, I ask questions all the time. To some point, ad nauseum. And again, uh, I think it. A lot of it goes to the mission. It goes to like, are they? Do they want to bring the community into our space, or do they just want to show the community what we can do? 
And those seem very similar, but they are like technically fundamentally different. And all I can think of is Newport. And like the reason they do it on the base in Newport is because, look, low key, the officer club in Newport, Rhode Island probably has the best view in all of Newport for sunset. Like you've got the bridge, you've got the sunset. It's like, and if you are on that base, you've got like cheap beer. Good food mm-hmm. and the best view. It, like the closest right? you get is Castle Hill, and our view is, I think, better and for sure cheaper. And so, like once a summer, they invite everybody on to this huge lawn in front of the War College, and they throw this event, and everybody's like, "Wow, you guys are eating up our really good real estate." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but we have been since what seventeen something. So hey, uh, we already called dibs dibs <laughs> Too late. Um. i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure there was like some ships and some war fighting going on right off this island yeah. here so we claimed it so we could we earned you it it's fine at some point. but we that's did. we earned it there's like to some extent the reason they hold that on base is because it's like we keep you guys away from this really beautiful spot a lot of the time come in enjoy it with us like there's a comrel portion of that i yeah. think in a lot of places like it's like even like Gulfport, where it's like, I spent several weeks there. I don't think the base is anything special. <laughs> and so it's like, if we could come to the community center and bring our stuff there and be like, come to this place where you already come and there's a brewery or there's, you know, already infrastructure built up and we're just going to bring our equipment and our people and we're going to show you what we can do. A lot of that is very community dependent. So my only argument about Gulfport specifically. <laughs> and I'm only going to say this because I lived there. Uh, I lived on base. This is the only time I've ever lived on base, but we had a pretty amazing community. But I think we're in the middle of this mm. community. It's yeah. all around us. We're not on the outskirts. We're not straight on the water on this yeah. base, right? We're close, but we're not. But so, like, the entire community surrounds us. And there's big fence all the way around and it's like this big mystery and <laughs> let's you, demystify a little bit a little bit you know like let people kind of see like the little community that we have on there um, yeah i i mean one of my daughters I, she was over at a friend's house spending the night and like i was talking to the parents and their older son really likes to like skateboard there's mm. no skate park in Gulfport except for on base. There is a little skate park on base and everybody knows it's there, but nobody can get access to it. Oh, so that no. was, that's kind of like a little like, how do we get access to the base? How do we get on there? If we were doing this event there, you could absolutely throw that as a draw. You know, if like you said, something we're going to have like a like a three open hour skate open skate oh. so i just know that it was that was something that was kind of hanging out in the community that was kind of a one-off but it was an interesting thing to learn that they knew it was there but nobody yeah. could get to it and i feel like that goes to like clarity and goal which is like look if you want the community to be accepting of the fact that we've eaten up a bunch of their land or mm-hmm. whatever else and it's like we have this resource community wants this resource let's find a way to invite them in because then you can also say we're gonna open it up every saturday morning from eight to noon and even then if what you need to do is you have one extra security 
Yeah, you need security you need to get personnel. on the access list, right? Like, like to get a sign up sheet. Like, you need to pre plan ahead to be able to come on base and use the skate park. Right. Like, that is hundred percent community outreach. Integrate your navy yes. base with the community. Like that would and, be a huge piece. And it's, it's so like simple. you can sell it to your CO as like if you have a food truck like an MWR food truck on base and you say like, okay. And then the food truck parks there for those hours. And now it attracts military people and civilian people. They all go there. They're together. They're like mingling in a way that maybe they don't otherwise. MWR is making some money, which feeds back to the sailors or the, you know, the base. Mm -hmm. And so there are like that is why it's so community specific when you're talking about what is the goal here or how to how like, to integrate right like how yeah. to, what is it that would be a big draw and something you could do kind of on the regular right maybe yeah once every two weeks once a week once a month you know however yeah. However much effort you want to put into it, right? I mean, maybe even just doing once a month makes it more mysterious. Like, oh, we got to get that one weekend. <laughs> Who knows? But, like, it is something that the community is kind of aware of. And they can't touch it, right? So, you can... Oh, my God. And it, this could go in so many directions. <laughs> like, I, It so I, could. And that's why I think with this sort of, quote-unquote, generic problem, like, the key is when you're breaking down these subtasks... Find someone from the community, both someone who's in the military and someone who's not, whether they're retired or whatever, like find people who are embedded and ask them what's important and then frame it in a way that matters to your CO, because that's how you're going to get the subtasks, like the tasks and subtasks that actually matter to completing the goal. Because again, like something that I was just thinking about when you're talking about like what matters, we had a gas line rupture in Newport years ago. One of the things I always found really interesting is that like the gym on base opened, but only for like military people in the area to come and like shower and warm up and whatever else. And it was like, oh, if they had had a plan in place for some sort of cold weather emergency before this happened to either support out in the community or bring people from the community on base to warm up, to shower, to whatever, like that's a really good opportunity to say we are a resource for the community here. And that's, so that's actually an excellent example. <laughs> yeah. And so I think some of this is like, we're going to do this thing and we're going to say, look, we have all these capabilities. And if we have portable heating or portable showers or portable laundry, right. A lot of that being very CB centric or, well, we you know, just, just humanitarian aid centric or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you say, look, you may not think about the fact that you might need mobile laundry right now. We're going to tell you we have it. We have a plan to work with your local government to use it. And then six months later, something happens and you're like, don't worry. There was flooding. We're here. We have all of this mobile laundry and we're going to help you. That's how you build goodwill. And if what your CEO is interested in is that goodwill and you're like, look, I know it doesn't make sense now, but we're going to present it. We're going to plan it. And then we've got all of these sub plans for if it's cold, this is what we do. If there's a flooding emergency, this is what we do. If there's a tornado, this is what we do. That being there 
in an emergency ahead of all the other emergency support is going to be like, that's why we're glad to have you in our community, not just nearby, not just have you in general, but in our community, because when our community is hurting, you're here. And when you can frame it that way, I think it makes a huge difference. Yeah. And this and this tasker specifically is really just the kickoff party to like yeah. present that information, right? Yeah. Let's, let's let's make a draw. Let's let's have, you know, it's like, hey, invitations, invitations. Like come come see us. Come Yeah. And that, and I think that's a big part of trying to find the community leaders and mm-hmm. invite them because yes. they're already versed in making connections and the networking that would that would take they would Hey, here's my card. Here's my number. Here's the thing. If shit actually pops off, like you got my my information, we can we can connect, right? But yeah. like just the big kickoff event that we've been tasked with is throw an MWR type party, right? Like yeah. we'll bring an MWR. We'll do the food trucks. We will figure out the the payments and the budgeting, and you know we'll get the dunk tank from MWR because everybody yeah. loves a dunk tank, right? Yeah, and we'll do all the things just to bring as many people on as we can. We're really connecting with the community leaders and putting out the here's what we can do in an emergency. We can be called on and we can support. I mean, like yeah. how many time, how many disasters in the world is does the aircraft carrier pull up next to you and be like, "We make water," you know, <laughs> like <"Ta-da>, sparkles, <laughs> and we have medical personnel. Well, if how you, many times do they just send in the National Guard to like, even if it's just stack sandbags, and they do so much more than that with logistics and with food and with medical and whatever else. But like, oh yes, like, these are people my, who are ready. That was my intro to the CBs, just so you know. Hurricane Ida came through and MCB-133 got called to go and provide support in Louisiana, like Southern Louisiana, where they got hit the hardest. And I was on the the logistics call with Marfor North and the National Guard in Louisiana and all the different people just doing the logistics piece, providing the the CB side of it, right? Like, this is what we have. This is the people we have. We brought water, MREs. Like, and then, of course, you know, the CBs who actually went, we sent an OIC and they yeah. took care of business. <laughs> they did what they needed to do and they did a great job. I just sat on the calls and make sure the things were moving the way they were supposed to be moving as best I could. And that was, that was, welcome to the CBs. And I was like, yeah. OMG. This- and I think when you, th- so like after you list all the tasks, right? Like, second step is like grouping the tasks. And I think that goes into it, which is like, we've talked about security. That's something you think about. You present a couple of COAs. And we've talked about like draws from the community. Are you going to do it where it's easily accessible to them? Are you going to bring in food, entertainment, stuff that appeals to kids? Like that's a whole section. And we've talked about, I mean, I think an important one is just the straight logistics, which is like feed, medical, heads, water tables all of that stuff that's boring to a lot of people but is not boring to you and weather weather weather, a big deal winter summer spring fall (laughs) rain snow all of that are we is it summer but is it summer in mississippi or is it summer in newport very different (laughs) horizons summers (laughs) yeah because for y'all it's like fans and for us it's like if we're gonna do it in spring we have to think about rain and cold like there's very different things to think about there and then i think what you're talking about which is the big thing here is looking at history and looking at 
in your area, what is the probable future Mm -hmm. and framing the tasks if what you're launching is a long-term community relationship saying like, this is what the future for your community probably looks like. And this is how we make it better. And that's very local dependent, but like, that's the whole last set of tasks is thinking about what the community needs and how you fit into that. Because if you frame it like that, that's what's important. And then you go into like the starting points of like, I mean, the starting points are usually logistics. That's where you need the the vote from your CO. Do you want it on base or off base? And that's more where for, we come in. That's yeah, our specialty, more for the right? kids, like... more for the grownups. <laughs> like, what do you want? That's where you're asking because then you get the okay. The longest lead item here is getting local talent to perform, or the longest lead item here is or the most expensive item. If we're budget constrained, <laughs> if we're budget yeah, yeah, constrained, yeah. is like what is the biggest constraint, and what is like the the big unmovable thing there. Mm-hmm. Because that's where your starting point's going to be. And then from there, it's like talking with your experts. Like you said, the tenant commands. Like if people want to see equipment from a CB unit or from the firefighters on base or whatever, like you have to coordinate with that command and be like, who can be here? What equipment can be here? That's where a lot of that streamlining comes in. And you're like, okay, from here, I can't micromanage everything. So I need to say... I'm delegating this to chief, second class, this other unit entirely and start like passing things out. Whenever I get things like this, I sit down, I write my first set of notes, the first yeah. things that pop into my head. And then yeah. I bring together my my khaki, mm-hmm. my, mostly my senior enlisted, right? E7 above. Yep. Like, all right, y'all been around the block just as much as me. sometimes more i'm 17 not not more than you but more than me i'm 17 years deep now so yeah (laughs) thank you for throwing my age out there oh i didn't throw your age just your experience my my longevity we'll just put it that way so experienced (laughs) (laughs) so i'll make my first like initial list and then i'll bring in my senior enlisted and i'll say okay you know talk 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 let's let's have the conversation right I don't do anything in a vacuum. I'm going yeah. to talk to my chiefs about everything. Inputs. How would you do it? How are we going to do it? Does this make sense? Let's let's yeah. all talk about it, right? And then we we take the plan, and then my chiefs say, "I got a person for this." They say, "I want to test this this person, this person," and they go down the list, and I say. And be like, all right, yep. I ran my supply department like a mini triad, if you will. I had a I had a CB chief and I Perfect. had a LS yeah. chief, and we everything that ever happened, we all sat together and we had the discussion. You know, yeah. we talked it out as a team. It falls on me to make the hard decisions if that sure. comes down to it, right? Like that's part of my job is to be like, I know what the CEO wants, and even though we talk through this way, I know that this is more in line with what the CEO wants, right? So this is the route yeah. we're going to go. But I don't know all the things. That's why I have people, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, let's, let's have a conversation. So everything I ever do is always a team effort. Never do anything on my in a vacuum on my own. Amen. After you've made a plan, everyone's involved from there on out where it's like, okay, if things change, or I need more information, or I need more input, or we just are briefing updates. Everybody should be involved in the communication step too, where it's like, 
if you take this whole plan to your CEO and they're like, why are you doing it this way? Like, that's what your people are for. For someone to be like, look, I've lived in this city for 10 years and this is what they want to see. They want to see that you're going to be here if there's a flood or a fire. And when you can have someone speak to that expertise or to the delay or to the need for more resources or whatever that thing is that you're bringing to your CEO, that's where I think the trust comes in. Because you're like, look, I didn't just pull this out of thin air. Someone said, this is what matters. And I listened. And my ability and willingness to listen is what makes me valuable. 100%. Like when I say like me and my my mini triad work together, right? But not every decision was made right then and there, right? My chiefs would be like, okay, I think this person, this person, this person. And then they go out and they disseminate, right? They're going to be like, task, 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 delegate, delegate, delegate. But they will also be talking to those people. And in my departments, I absolutely encourage people to speak up if something sounds stupid, right? Like, tell me, say something, you know? Like, I'm not going to slam you for being like, maybe we could do it this way, you know? Like, tell me things, right? Like, I don't have all the answers. Bring it up, you know? And so those conversations... I mean, I'm not present for them, but my chief is talking to my junior sailors and they're having that conversation. The same conversation yeah. I had, they have the conversation. Obviously, chief is there and is going to be like, yes, 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 no, you know, and then he'll bring the rest to me. If there's anything that changed from what yeah. we planned based off the conversations he has, he'll let me know. So once I put it all together, run it up to the CEO and be like, this is my plan. And then anything and- crazy that comes out of it, like I run it back down, be like, this question came up how do we fix this and then we we figure it out it's perfect because it's like you bring the best you can to your co and if they have questions you take it back to like your quote-unquote triad Mm -hmm. and you say like i had this question i wasn't totally sure and if they're not sure they take it back to the person that they heard it from and that's how you really empower people who have the answers, but don't have like the rank, right? Or the experience where it's like, okay, I've met people who have only been in the Navy for a few years, but they're like, from where they're stationed. And it's like, I don't care that you're a third class or a second class or a whoever, you know, this community, you would have answers here. And sometimes it takes a couple of layers of communication. But if you can fight through those and be like, I value the truth and we really need to get to correct here over age experience rank whatever that's how you get it and you filter it in those ways where it's like okay they say this is what matters we interpret it this way we can provide it this way this is what i present to the ceo and then if they have questions you take it back i know you talk a lot about diversity but like that has (laughs) it has been my strength as an officer my entire career is the fact that I've always had really great diverse teams, right? Yeah. And people bring me ideas, stuff I never thought about. Like, okay, tell me the thing. Yeah. Let's talk about it, you know? And I remember I remember getting to the CBs and I'm the quote unquote open door policy, right? You can come <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm also the person who walks around with my coffee cup and I'm like, Good morning, let's talk about things. You know, if you're in my in my eyesight, I'm going to talk to you whether you like it or not. Uh-huh. Uh, but you know, so they they saw me wandering around a lot, and I was you know in the spaces. But it, when I first got there, I think it was a little offsetting to my yeah. chief because he was like, "I don't want them getting used to coming in to talk to you because if they get out to 
like the surface fleet or the yeah. rest of the fleet, they are not going to have access to a lieutenant commander like they have access to you. Yeah. And I was like, I get it, but I'm also me. So <laughs> that's different. I was going to say. And also, if they come from you to me on the surface fleet, then they will have access to a lieutenant yeah, commander. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to deny that I'm a little bit Same. different. But I think, I think in the end, I think that my mini triad, if you call, my team bought off on that and there was yeah. not really anything that any of my sailors would come to me without having already talked to chief at some point or whatever so i think and it worked pro- out good but we we opened that line of communication like tell me your ideas yeah. and i'm never gonna tell you it's stupid i might not go with it like it may not be the right answer for this thing but like yeah tell it to me and this applies yeah. to this situation it's an mwr function you know like Especially something like an MWR function. Yeah, I think that's so much of, I mean, it's exactly what you said, which is like, hope you use the chain of command for things like discipline issues or personnel problems. But hopefully, when it's an idea to make things better or for a project, you are bringing that uniqueness. And I think something that people get maybe wrong about diversity, equity, inclusion, a lot of the times is they think that it's like, we're raising up certain voices over others. And it's like, no, for me, I just want to give every unique voice the opportunity to speak. I want to hear from everybody. Exactly. Like everybody, everybody's opinion matters, right? But the point is, is getting people to like, give them a seat at the table so they can say the things. (laughs) You yeah, know, like, exactly. Exactly. Be there. Yeah. Well, this has been super fun. Do you have anything you want to talk about? Plug, give shout outs to lots of shout outs to 133 in this. Oh, Can- I know. We that, did. That's kangaroo can do, right? Three's got a storied history. If you don't know, there's <laughs> don't all of the CDs. <laughs> they actually did a, um, a documentary not too long ago about Iwo Jima, and 133 was on. Iwo Jima. So it's kind of like a big thing. But the Aren't funny thing about the kangaroo see? was that 133 was supposed to go to Australia. And so they adopted the kangaroo as their mascot. And then they ended up on Iwo Jima instead. So never went to Australia, <laughs> ended up on Iwo Jima. Bait and switch. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. So um, that's how we end up with the kangaroo. Can do. And Thank you, everyone, for joining us. I hope this was a productive and interesting conversation for you to listen to. As always, please subscribe, follow, give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you listen on. If you have suggestions or feedback, I want to hear it so that we can make this show something that is useful to everyone. Next week, the sub is going to be, well, this week, the sub is going to be about how to deliver information in effective ways so that everybody can be on the same page getting what they need and want. I look forward to it and hope you have a great week.